All right. Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode, another breakthrough episode. I'm your host for tonight. My name is Boris Joaquin, and I'm the President and Chief Equipping Officer of Breakthrough Leadership Management Consulting. And we are doing this in partnership with our very good friends at the Philippine Star, One News, and um, Career Guide. This is live streaming right now on the Facebook pages of the Philippine Star Career Guide and our very own Salt and Light Ventures. So again, good evening. We have an interesting topic today. I know some of you probably are out of town, vacationing. You are taking advantage of this long weekend and that is delightful. I went out the city yesterday and today. I just came back from, from Vietnam and I noticed that the roads are empty. I'm not so used to that. So you may not be right now in your homes or in your offices. But we would be delighted if you could join us online. So please make sure that you share this to your friends. So right now, we have a, a good a handful, about 100 people watching us. Thank you. Good evening to all of you. And I'd like you to know that um, if you have questions towards the end of the program, please post them on the comment section below. And we'll make sure that we read them if we have time towards the end. This is only a 30-minute show, so it's going to run in run run by very quickly. So today is a very delightful time. Actually, we are uh, having uh, one of one of this one of the exciting guests that we have tonight. Uh, is is fairly new to the country, so I'll be we'll be welcoming him in a while. But um, and one thing is that we, we have to keep within the format of using this live stream uh, of two uh, two places at the same time and doing it virtual. But I think eventually we need to pivot and doing it live in a studio where. I get to face to face with another person because this guy is from the United States and he's not in the U.S. right now. He's right here in our in our homeland in Quezon City, to be exact, and just exactly the same uh, area where I am. But we still have to follow the format, nonetheless. You probably saw in the promotion that we have that we uh, that our guest for tonight is Rick Pickering. He is recently named as the president of Lead Like Jesus. You also know that that's, uh, that's an advocacy that's very close to my heart, to our hearts here at Breakthrough Leadership. Ken Blanchard, who you know, we guested a few weeks ago, one of the co-founders of Lead Like Jesus shared, Rick has been an outstanding marketplace leader for decades, as well as serving on many ministries and for nonprofit boards. He's just the person that we need to take Lead Like Jesus into the next stage of its ministry and reach more and more people in the United States and around the world. Rick has been the CEO of the California Exposition and State Fair for the past 10 years. I've heard so many stories of concerts, food festivals, and fairs from this man for the last few days that we've been together. And what's interesting, interesting about his background is that he's been named one of the most creative CEOs in America by the National Trade Magazine. He's also served many board boards for ministries, nonprofits, professional association. He's currently on the board of trustees of William Jessup University. Rick earned his master's degree from the, the University of Southern California and a bachelor's degree from B, B, uh, B, Biola University. He is well known as a servant leader, turnaround expert, and result-driven visionary. Friends, to all our breakthrough uh, Partners out there, please join me in welcoming, giving a warm virtual applause to Mr. Rick Pickering. 
Hi, Boris. It's great to see you. It's great to be with you again this evening. Uh, it's wonderful to be here in the Philippines, having spent the last uh, week in Vietnam and celebrating a leadership summit here in Southeast Asia with our friends in Singapore and Indonesia. Uh, and now to be here live in the Philippines, uh, enjoying fantastic food. I, I grew up in high school with my best friend being from the Philippines. So I, it's good to be here and having some wonderful lumpia. And I know oh, wow. we're, we're just enjoying our time together. My wonderful wife, Dawn, is here with me, who happens to be a Bible professor, a theology professor. So uh, I, I'm married to a saint, and she's here with me today, too. Well, we, we want to say hi to uh, to Dawn as well. Friends, uh, I'm prob Dawn is probably my first favorite person recently. Rick is second. <laughs> sorry, sorry, man. I, I just have to uh, demote you to that position because your wife is just such a lovely person, such a sunny disposition. Yes. She brightens any room. Yes. And she's Perfect. actually sitting sitting here tonight grading her students' papers online so that she could actually travel with me and be part of this while she's still teaching her online Bible courses at William Jessup. So, But again, we're very, very happy to be here. Uh, thank you for hosting us for dinner last night. Uh, it just it warms our heart to see people like you that are investing in developing leaders of all different ages, but mo most impressively, uh, marketplace leaders, particularly young leaders, as they're coming up, they're looking for examples of how to be a good leader, a person of influence. So the fact that you have the breakthrough show and that you're reaching out to so many different areas of the Philippines and and actually throughout Southeast Asia, we couldn't ask for a better partnership. Well, thank you. It warms my heart to hear that, Rick. Um, let's get on with it. Uh, let's talk about Deed Like Jesus. Um, and, I, and I want to hear how you've discovered, and not so not so much the the details on and, and events, but really on on what you felt when you, the first time that you encountered Deed Like Jesus, and what drew you to the entire idea of the ministry and the movement, Rick. Well, I, I was roughly twenty five years younger uh, when the first Lead Like Jesus book came out. I I was a big fan of Ken Blanchard back during my going to school, getting my master's degree in, in business and public administration, you know, it was a required reading to read the one minute manager. And then to to see wow. uh, Ken Blanchard with Peter Drucker, they were these and still are in many, many regards to superstars, cutting edge of leadership development, human resources in America and traveled. They traveled the world together speaking. And so the one minute manager had made uh, a heavy mark on my life in a positive way you know, learning, learning how to lead others. And, and then to come across Ken Blanchard writing a book called Lead Like Jesus. It's like, I had to have that book. I had to read that book, you know, read it and had it close by. And then years later, I uh, was able to meet Ken Blanchard at the presidential national prayer breakfast face to face in Washington, DC, and mm -hmm. struck up a relationship over several years, uh, went on the board of trustees, for the Lead Like Jesus organization, became very good friends with, with the other co-founder, Phil Hodges, and with Phyllis um, Halverson now, but Phil, Phyllis was the president of Lead Like yeah. Jesus for 18 years, and uh -huh. she and her husband, Chris, are now mentoring young executives, young political leaders, staff members in Washington, D.C. In fact, 
today they're actually in London with another group of young leaders that they're they're mentoring. So the journey uh, started a long time ago and then led to a friendship and then serving on a trustee council until uh, this last year when uh, they asked Don and I to come on board and serve as not only ambassadors, but serve in the role as president internationally. So the, the journey is like all, all of our lives, it continues. The journey continues. Exactly. I, I know how you feel. And that's exactly the impact that Lead Like Jesus seems to have in a lot of individuals when it comes to transforming their leadership mindset and uh, skill set. Uh, can you describe it to us for the sake of our audience? And do you think that is this the kind of leadership the world needs right now, Rick? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, when when we look back to Jesus being uh, 2,000 years ago, if you were in the Roman Empire and you looked at the strength of Rome and you looked at this, this Jesus person who was just a rabbi in a very small area of the world, and he had 12 followers that he handpicked that were kind of, you know, they had some issues issues in life, too. And you had to bet on on who was going to be around and impacting lives 2,000 years later. I think everybody would have bet on the power of the Roman Empire, not the small rabbi. Uh, mm -hmm. But that small rabbi set such a fantastic leadership example for us that throughout the last 2,000 years, uh, you know, as, as John Ortberg shares that, you know, people now name their children, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they name their dogs, Nero and Caesar. Uh, so just the, the concept that the lasting impact of Jesus being the greatest leader of all time. I mean, people of other faiths and even no faiths look at the leadership model that Jesus left. And that at the core of that leadership model was servant leadership. Mm -hmm. Not doormat, not being a doormat that people would, would walk all over, but a servant leader is a leader that serves the people they influence. Mm -hmm. And everyone listening to the show tonight is a person of influence. Mm -hmm. You're in a family unit, you influence people. If you're a parent, even if you're a child or a sibling, you influence. Uh, wherever you live, the people you talk with and interact with, you're influencing them. Yeah. Wherever you work, uh, the people, when you walk in the door in the morning and walk out the door in the evening, you've influenced people all day long. Even if you sit down at a coffee shop and have a cup of coffee and, and the wait staff that are there, as you interact with them, you're a person of influence. So at Lead Like Jesus, we define leadership as anybody who influences someone else. Yeah. Uh, whether you're influencing them good or bad, you really are a leader. People are following your example and people are paying attention, especially if you're a servant leader. I, I love what you said, that it's not a doormat type of leadership. It's not a slow or soft type of leadership. It's actually contrary to that. It's a brave, bold, courageous type of leadership that actually uh, puts others at the front and center uh, of, your, of the game. You actually serve others in that process. And servant leadership is exactly how uh, we, we can describe this leadership approach, but uh, that also includes humility. That also includes uh, compassion and, and you know, uh, regarding others more important than, than you would regard yourselves. And how, how do you think, why do you think it's difficult for other people to migrate or to uh, embrace that kind of leadership model, Rick? 
what what's the common challenges that you hear from other people why is it hard well, to be hard there, there there are so many different leadership models uh, particularly for people that that seek for a higher education or uh, as they go through the, the process they start to learn formulas and those mm -hmm. formulas in some cases are like machiavellian which is win at all cost and the yeah. only way you can win is someone else has to lose it's a you know it's a zero sum game so somebody to, in order to win somebody else has to lose to get mm -hmm. ahead somebody else has to fall behind uh, and then there's other types of formulas and and there's some good formulas out there like planning organizing evaluating budgeting directing vision casting um, but they're all very external and mm -hmm. what lead like jesus looks at is the internal heart how you think about people uh, because as we think within ourselves so we become so mm -hmm. if we think that people are tools to be used uh, to mm -hmm. and they're people at our disposal we start to see them that way like a, a vehicle or, or something that that helps us but we basically don't treat them like people whereas the concept of when in your heart you see the value of people you know that people are created by god and that you're created by god so you know that whose you are and who you are it mm -hmm. gives you a sense of foundational belief that that you want to see other people be successful and that yeah. definition of success for those other people then drives the way you interact with people how you mm -hmm. care for them uh so that whole concept of planning now as you invest in the people, the people will make the mission of the organization come about. Mm -hmm. uh, you make, and as and we look at the leadership uh, model of Jesus, he encouraged, he started work. He, I mean, the twelve. You look at the twelve apostles, the disciples. Mm -hmm. uh, they they were not twelve people that you and I would have necessarily picked to be on our team if we're mm -hmm. developing an organization. Uh, they were going different directions. They had different mindsets. They were looking for different things in their lives. But over time, his encouragement, his coaching, his, his seeing their potential mm -hmm. and playing into their strengths and helping them develop even parts and times when he sent them on short term missions uh, mm -hmm. while he was still on Earth so that they could go out and experience and make some mistakes and then mm -hmm. come back and talk to him about the mistakes. So he continued, you know, the way of the carpenter, he was able to coach them through their mistakes and say, well, this is why it didn't work. And this is how it didn't work. Uh, and here's how it can work. And what he really did was he showed them his love for them. And the foundation of their success came from his faith in the people in them. He chose them, he trained them, he blessed them. And then he commissioned them. He said, go and do it. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to provide the support you need, but but go out there and do it in my name. And and those 12 people went out and have multiplied around the world in phenomenal ways, uh, taking that mission of servant leadership. Whether people believe uh, in, in Jesus as their savior, that's from a lead like Jesus point of view, we're showing the leadership model. Uh, there's so many positive things, you know, of how Jesus was a leader and people of a variety of faiths and even no faiths around the world uh, have taken lead like Jesus into their countries. We're in 19 languages and 40 different nations now. Uh, various, it's just amazing. I know Boris, you know some of these people too, uh, but taking on that, that leadership servant's heart 
that you're serving the people that are actually you're lifting them up. And and Amen. in my personal career, going into you know Hall of Fame in my industry, uh, you know people tell you you're very successful. And my acceptance speeches has always been: it's the people around you, it's your mm-hmm. family, uh, it's it's the people in your community, it's the people you work with. You yeah. don't become successful unless you help them be successful. And, and part of that is you admit your mistakes, uh, but mm-hmm. that also means you, you've got enough self-confidence that you're willing to make a mistake, a calculated mistake. Uh, and part of that is you don't punish the people around you. You don't place blame on them. Uh, I would rather fix a problem than fix the blame. Yeah. So there, there's things like that, that when you start looking at people as you're the leader, but you're there to serve them, it mm. changes how you see them. And what really changes is how they see you because mm. they know you're, they know you're on their team. You're not trying to mm. catch somebody making a mistake so you can get ahead. You're trying to find out what's exciting to them and how can you develop them to, to go and grow because the, yeah. the real goal of a leader, it's not what happens when you're there. It's what happens when you're not there. Mm-hmm. I absolutely uh, agree with you, Rick. And just the symbol that we've learned recently in our trip is that uh, this is the heart symbol. So I want to heart everything that you're saying right now, just in agreement to you, because I I have no, I have no uh, debate towards that, but, but uh, oblige me in this discussion because uh, I know a lot of business people, business leaders, whether they articulate it or it's in their minds, you know, they would, there's this argument, and I heard this one time. Somebody actually had the the guts to say it to my face, "You're telling me to change the way I run my business. How can you argue with success?" That was the that was the quote that I heard, uh, referring to I, I've been running it this way. Sure, I may uh, may have been driven so much that I do treat people not less than what they what they deserve. But I've been successful because I've been like this and I've been doing this because I have been uh, not totally trusting. I just keep, keep a limited circle and this and that. Uh, what's your answer to that when, when people says, I get successful despite uh, not following the, the example of servant leadership? Well, th- there's many different definitions of success. Hmm. Uh, some, some definitions are, uh, I don't necessarily subscribe to, I hmm. wouldn't, I wouldn't argue and say somebody who's made a lot of money isn't successful. Uh, but I would also say, you know, part of being successful is being happy, uh, being happy with how you became successful, being happy in my case, knowing that you invested in other people and that you're making them successful. Hmm. Uh, so it's not stepping on somebody to get ahead. It's, mm. it's like if, if you're climbing a ladder, are you helping people up the ladder with you? Or are you climbing mm. the ladder by yourself and you get to the top and there's nobody around you? I know many of us know very successful people that are very lonely mm. uh, or, or yeah. they can be very successful and have health issues because climbing that ladder mm. took such a toll on their, their family, on their marriage. Uh, climbing that ladder took a, took a toll on their heart, on their health, physical um, you know, bleeding ulcers. Uh, it just so the definition of success, I think, uh, gets back to: Are you at peace in your heart? Mm-hmm. Uh, and are you at peace with the people around you? And, and in our case, are you at peace with your God? Uh, you know, th- 
I'm not saying we can't make mistakes because I make mistakes, but the, the definition of success, I think too many times we allow uh, some of the wrong definitions of success to creep in. And, mm. and when you can find a person that is happy with the way they've treated people, uh, many times they will say somebody treated them well too on the way up. Yeah. Somebody gave them a break. Somebody encouraged them. Somebody saw a spark in them and helped mm-hmm. coach them to, to do things and to go forward and, and to be successful and mm-hmm. to be able to look back on your career uh, at my age and go, wow, this person was successful. This person developed, this person was, is more successful than I would ever be at what they're doing. And that you just had a hand in, in their development along. And so it's, it's really is about investing in other people. Very, very well said, Rick. Very well said. And to anybody who may have that internal argument in your mind, you know, studies have shown that when organizations prioritize purpose and people, mm-hmm. the profit follows or good performance follows. And you could message me and I can share you some links that actually shows data after data showing that. So leading with heart, leading like Jesus doesn't necessarily mean you have to go down the drain and fail in everything that you're doing. So thank you, Rick, for sharing that. And of course, success is not just from performance and profits. Success is really how you feel about yourself and what kind of legacy you leave. Speaking of legacy, Rick, and we're time really flies and I only have 10 minutes roughly and we're going to do a shotgun approach on this one. I'm going to shoot a question. You give me an answer, hopefully less than a minute, just to be able to run through the questions that we have on the list. Number one, uh, what do you say to business leaders today? Being the president of Lead Like Jesus, you're the ambassador of the organization. You're talking to business leaders that are watching the show. What would you like to say to them, Rick? Rick? Well, I, first of all, I want to congratulate you on being a leader and understanding that in your in your heart that you are a leader and i think if if you're a, if you're sustaining that success i want to thank you that you're investing in other people because you realize that your goal is to be able to hand that leadership mantle off to the people that are coming up behind you so continue to invest in people that are younger than you are and people that have new ideas uh, but i'd also encourage you to sharpen your saw you know mm. William Covey talks about sharpening the saw, studying new material, staying fresh. There's so much information out there. So the fact that they would be listening to this show and they're already in a leadership position tells me that they're trying to sharpen their saw and become better leaders. Wonderful. You might say the same thing to this next group of people, but nonetheless, let's see what twist you you might want to add here. What would you say this time to government officials and politicians because they too are leading in a large scale. Oh, a- absolutely. And most of my professional career, I work very closely with, with high elected officials, uh, government officials, key staff members, dis- decision makers in the United States and particularly in the state of California. And I would say that the majority of them coming into public office, their heart really is for people. Mm-hmm. They want to help the people that elected them and put them in office. Uh, and what they find typically, not everybody, but once they're in that role, the demands become so enormous and the solutions are very, very difficult because you're balancing different people's interests. There's only so much money. There's only so many resources and there's so many needs. So mm. to, to continue to 
rely upon the people around you for wisdom and good advice. And I'd say that goes for all leaders, not just elected officials, but, but I love to talk to, to newly elected people and hear their heart for, for just the people that put them in the office. Uh, and then the, the more seasoned elected officials know how to get things done. And they're always looking for the younger elected and the more energetic people to come alongside them. So that constant, you're, you're reinvigorating, you're getting new ideas, fresh blood, uh, and you need both. You need the balance of experience and, and, and a bit of age and wisdom, and you need the, the energy and new ideas and how, how people are thinking out there. So just continue to, to seek to sharpen your saw too as an elected official. Well, sirs, ma'ams, you should be listening to this guy. He knows what he's talking about. After years of dealing with governors and mayors in the United States, Rick, what would you say to NGO leaders, faith-based organization leaders, and even church leaders like pastors? Yeah, uh, again, pe people with hearts for people. Uh, you know, the pastors that I work with and, and mentor and really love on them. It's a tough. It's a tough job to be a pastor, uh, to be in ministry. And one thing I, I regularly encourage them is pay attention to your your loved ones, pay attention to your children or your your husband or wife or your spouse, because so many times uh, the call on our heart is to go serve others. And the real people that get left behind are the people sitting at the dinner table without us because we're out saving the world yet losing our family. So I, I would mm -hmm. always encourage that. Uh, I would also encourage uh, an, an NGO or a pastor to surround themselves with people who have skills that they lack. So mm -hmm. if you can get people on your board of directors that have skills and areas that aren't your expertise, that rounds you out. You know, many ministers go to school to learn, you know, Latin and Greek and a uh, three-point sermon and they get really good at it, but they're not, they didn't go to school to learn how to fix a roof or an air conditioner or how mm -hmm. to deal with HR and personnel matters, or even how to be a, a you know a professional counselor, a marriage and family counselor. So surround yourself with people that have talents and particularly in your weak suits or your blind spots, and then trust, trust the people that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. So it's much like, even if you're working for a board of directors, it's having people on that board that you really trust. Uh, mm -hmm. If you can't trust them, they can't trust you. And mm -hmm. I got to tell you, I sleep much better at night knowing that I have a board that trusts me and their board members that I trust. Uh, but mm -hmm. just know there's people out there that love their pastors. They love the executive directors of NGOs um, and they want to help you. You have to be willing to ask for help, too. Every leader needs to be able to ask for help. I love what I'm hearing so far. If I would if I could summarize the the beautiful trend in everything that you've said so far is that uh, leaders should invest in others and seek help from others as well because nobody is the solo stockholder of knowledge and wisdom. We rely on each other. We, we want to get mentorship and, and coaching from others who are wiser, who have been ahead of us in so many ways. And one of the things that you said last is that uh, do not neglect your family. Um, at, 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 on uh, it's probably your first ministry if you are uh, a faith-based worker or a church pastor or church leader. You want to prioritize your family as well. And that's beautiful. Young people, Rick, what do you want to tell to young people um, about their leadership and um, in connection to lead like Jesus? Well, I'd remind them everybody was young once. 
<laughs> and, and if you live long enough, you'll be old uh, and things come with being older. Uh, but, you know, it's, and the, the only alternative to not getting old is to die. So for young people, I would say really the sky truly is the limit. There's so much knowledge and information out there. And it excites me to see young people that want to serve others uh, that are saying, you know, it's not all about them. It's not all about making money or being famous. It's more about having an experience in life alongside other people and experiencing life in a positive way. So to see them want to help others, whether it's feeding others, community service, uh, helping educate people that, that don't have access to education or helping people with clean water or healthy food. Uh, what, I, what I really love, and, and I see this in America, but I see it now more around the world in my new position, is there are so many young people that are looking for ways to contribute and give back to their society or to give back to people that are in less fortunate circumstances. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it, it does my heart well, because that's really what Jesus was about. Uh, he came to serve and he came to love and he came to save. He did not come to condemn and to criticize. Uh, so to see young people out there with a heart for other people, uh, it's, it's wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, we just have one question here, and I want to entertain it before we wrap up our time together. How do you win the hearts and trust of younger, sensitive, and overwhelmed generation when you find it hard to understand and adjust to them? Parang may hugot ito, mga This came from Aris Daya. Rick, how do you respond to this question? In my personal experience, people know when you care for them and when you're very genuine. Uh, again, my, my wife is a college professor, and no matter how many students she has, she likes to have a cup of coffee with them in the cafeteria one at a time. And she asks them about their life, uh, where they're at in their life. And I find with young people that I interact with, when they know you care about them and you want to spend time getting to know them and you want to help them grow on their journey, they respond to that so incredibly well, just like you and I would. Mm. Somebody asked me, you know, where are you at and what are you doing and where are you going and what are you thinking about? I'm like, I like you. Uh, so, so sit down and take interest in, in young people around you. They, and they really are smart. They are paying attention. And when you, when they realize that you care about them, uh, they'll follow you almost anywhere because too many people don't care. And, and they can that. sense that immediately. You, there's, you, there's, you can't argue with love. I mean, if, if that's authentic and genuine, regardless of the generation, the heart <laughs> yeah. will respond to you positively. Rick, I really, I really wish you had more time. But can you promote Lead Like Jesus? Explain it to anybody who might be interested. What do they get out of it? If it's a church, if it's a company, uh, and they don't want to be overly religious with their leadership program. Sure. Tell us more about Lead Like Jesus. Oh, we, we, we provide such phenomenal training opportunities. You can go to our website and find out information. Uh, but the, the bottom line is servant leadership. So we provide skill sets. We provide uh, a DISC assessment, which is a personality assessment. Doesn't, doesn't mean this is who you are. It means this is your tendencies on how you work with other people. 
Uh, you might call it an introvert or an extrovert, but if you're a leader in any organization and you better understand what your personality traits are and the personality traits of the people that report to you, you can work with them better. You find out, you know, who you need to be real specific with and, and who you need to make a list for, but you also find out who you need to sit down and talk, talk about, you know, what's, what's going on out there because they're more social. Uh, and so we provide those type of skills, training programs, um, certification programs, but we, we go into major corporations and train executives, particularly on personality types. And then they go out and around the world and multiply. So we, we work with private companies, uh, NGOs, ministry organizations. We come alongside and that, that's our goal is not to take anybody over. We come alongside and partner with you to train your top tier executives so they can go out and multiply and love on other people. So we call it a cascading effect. And that's really what Lead Like Jesus does with anybody we work with is our goal is to train you so that you can work with your people and be more productive, have a happier workforce and pull in the same direction. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Rick. Brother, I love you to bits. I love Don more, but I, I still love you to bits. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing this. Thank you for taking time to oh, be with yeah. us for half an hour. It's not enough. But thank you so much, brother. Thank you. And blessings for you and all that your team are doing, uh, doing these wonderful breakthroughs, because that that's the whole concept. You know, if we just keep doing what we always did, we're going to keep getting the same results. And I think Einstein called that the definition of insanity. So, so get out there, look at some new things, challenge some of your own way of thinking, uh, look yeah. online, become educated, get involved. And, and I think Jesus is going to touch your heart in some amazing ways. I'm going to say goodbye now, but virtual and Facebook friends, give a warm virtual applause and thanksgiving to, to Rick Pickering. Thank, Thank you. you, Rick. Thank you. Guys, if you, if you feel you're shortchanged and you want to hear more from Rick Pickering, the president and CEO of Lead Like Jesus, he's actually here in Manila. And on November 2, he'll be conducting a program entitled uh, The Heart of a Leader. It's going to happen in our office at Breakthrough Leadership. Uh, my friends, Kurt and Kervin, will be uh, pasting or uh, writing the link on the comments section below. If you click that link, you'll be able to sign up. And this event is for free on November 2, Thursday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. There's even free lunch. So if you want to learn more about the heart of a leader and get to talk face-to-face -face with Mr. Rick Pickering, please join us on November 2. It's been a delight to be with you guys for another Breakthrough episode. And every month is a, is a day that I look forward sharing to you some insights, sharing to you some, uh, sharing this, the virtual stage with a thought leader that would encourage you to change your mindset or improve your skill set. So this has been Boris Joaquin from Breakthrough Leadership Management Consultancy. Thank you for joining us and may God bless you enormously. Good night, everyone.